Last year, I was cycling in Tuscany on holiday. I knew the guy who ran it, as it was my coach who also runs a national race team. We're a close-knit bunch on the holiday, as most people know each other from riding together back home. Later in our trip, the coach is talking about something strange that happened to him the night before. I didn't hear him at the time, as I was using the climbs as training and pushing on. We stop for lunch, and he starts talking about his experience, and I ask him what he's talking about. He goes on to explain that he was asleep, and then all of a sudden he starts hearing talking, but just a little bit, as he thinks that it's very weird, as he's alone in that part of the villa, as it's a massive place that's been split into apartments. And he sits up, and then gets pushed back down. In the morning, he calls his wife back home, and she said she'd felt something when she was out there with him earlier that week, like she was being watched. Now on hearing this, I started mocking him, and back at the villa, I carry it on. So two nights later, it's still a topic for jokes. We go to bed, and I crash. Then at 2am, I wake up, and can't sleep. So I just lay there. Then I hear talking and think that it's my mate in the room next door, who I'm sharing the apartment with, just talking to his wife back home in England. So I think nothing of it. About 30 minutes later, I'm tossing and turning, when out of nowhere I feel like my head is being pushed into the pillow, and someone is holding my shoulder down as well. I was freaking out. It stops seconds later, but feels longer, and as it stops, I hear a laugh, and I didn't sleep again that night. I told him in the morning what happened, and he thought I was winding him up. We've since found out that the villa has a history of things happening. Also, his apartment and mine are joined by a door. The rest are completely separate. We're back there again next month. I won't be mocking anyone though, as I don't want karma to take effect. When I was six or seven years old, when my older brother and sister left state to go stay with our dad, I was too young to join them, so I had to stay in the room my sister and I shared, alone, which creeped me out a bit, as it was a big old farmhouse with a rusty green roof, and that room always seemed darker than the others. In the middle of the night, I woke up to something tapping on my sister's bed, on the other side of the room. I rolled over, and saw a white figure with black eyes sitting on the bed, tapping it, like smacking it with its hands, saying, I know you're awake. I was in shock mode when it stood up, tilted its head before walking over and saying it again. like it knew I was looking. I hid under my blankets and closed my eyes as tightly as I could, still hearing the same sentence uttered over and over, until I woke up in the morning and rolled over to face my wall. 
this white blob orb looking thing flew across my wall and out my bedroom door. I remember thinking it was like a quick flying white possum. Heading out to the kitchen for breakfast, I remember being so proud of my encounter, and that I survived it. I don't know why, but I was boasting it to my mum and stepdad. I saw a ghost last night. I've been interested in the paranormal my whole life, and I think this is why. I know I was young, and it could have been my imagination with a mixture of being in the room by myself, but it felt so real. The tapping is just how our bed sounded too. I've also spent hours on the internet looking for some history on the old house, and I can't find a thing. Out of high school, I worked at a cute little shop that sold gift baskets, goodies, and all sorts of home decor. This was before Big Box Hobby Lobby, and at the time, the store was one of the most popular places to go in town to get cute things for your house, or great gifts for people. The store was actually located in one of the oldest houses in the area. All the stores around there were actually houses at one time, and it became this cute, quaint shopping area. For a long time after I started, none of the other workers discussed that the house slash shop was haunted. I don't think they were purposefully keeping it from me, it just didn't come up. The shop slash house was a two-story, with a basement and attic as well. We always stayed open until 7.30pm during the week, and there were always two closers for safety. When closing up, the front doors were locked to prevent any customers from coming in, and you can believe we locked that up on the dot, so that we could clean up, balance the register, and get the heck out of there. There was a back door, but we kept that locked too. Those are the only two ways in, and out of the house slash door. On the night something happened to my friend Amanda and I, we were closing and the front door was locked up. We're cleaning, doing our thing as normal, and we're about to go, and had walked through the shop top to bottom, turning off all the lights, and we're standing at the back door, when out of nowhere, we heard the most evil laugh I've ever heard in my entire life. We both freak out, grab each other, and did the thing that you shouldn't do in every horror movie, which is run to the basement. In my defense, that's where the phone was. We ran back upstairs, busted out the back door, and called the cops. We called the owners too. They showed up and cleared the place, and were more than understanding, and indicated they got calls to old houses all the time. The owner's husband shows up, and he was clearly perturbed at us for having called the cops, and said that we should have called him first, and that we're just a bunch of silly girls. However, he then begins to proceed to tell us a story, about how when he was doing book work one evening in the basement, he heard voices upstairs. So he went up to investigate, thinking his wife and daughter had stopped by. He got up, and the voices stopped. So he went back downstairs, and got back to work. He said he then heard them again, and returned to the upstairs part, 
and this time the conversation continued while he was standing there, and he himself skedaddled out of there. He never did tell us what he overheard specifically. Obviously, the story got out amongst the staff about our experience, and people started talking about theirs. Someone told us they saw jelly jars flying right off the shelf. Another co-worker told us she would be balancing the register, and she could hear furniture upstairs being dragged back and forth, when the shop was totally devoid of customers, and her closing partner was in the back cleaning up. One of the managers told us that frequently when opening in the morning, she would go upstairs to turn on all the lights, and would hear sounds of little girls playing in what would have been one of the house's bedrooms. The husband and wife would get very upset if you referred to what was going on in the house slash shop as a haunting or a ghost. She was a woman of great faith, and she would always say that they were her angels. I can honestly say nothing further ever happened to me when I was working there, but it was totally creepy afterwards, especially to turn the lights off upstairs or having to go to the attic and or basement. Follow up to this story, here I am almost 20 years later, and I live across the street from someone who now owns the building and has a different shop in it. The next time I catch her, I'm going to try and not look crazy and just ask her if she's experienced anything there. I grew up in a really old house. It was nearing a hundred years old right before I moved out, and it used to be a post office or something way back in the day. The house is creepy and big. There are three stories, but I was never really scared living up there or anything, although I did like to scare my friends with all kinds of made-up stories, and they always believed me too. The only weird thing that ever happened was when my parents left over a December holiday, and I had the house to myself all week. Me and my friend were bored, just sitting outside on the back porch drinking some beers. All of the doors were locked except for the one closest to us. It's just a metal frame door, fitted with glass that you can see outside of, but from the outside you only see your own reflection, like a one-way mirror. Well, while we're just chilling and talking, someone bangs on the door so hard, I was surprised that the glass didn't shatter. My first thought was that my parents came home early and caught both me and my friend drinking underage. We go into the house and there's nobody, and we looked everywhere. About two days go by and nothing happened. Now my room was covered in posters like most teens, I wake up in the morning, and every single one of my posters are taken off the walls and cupboards, and are lying neatly folded on my chair. There's no one in the house but me. So either I did it while sleepwalking, or it was someone else. To this day, I have no idea what happened, and nothing weird ever occurred after that. I moved to Prague in the Czech Republic to work as a private teacher after I figured that the labour situation was far from good in my home country of Belgium for recent graduates. 
my girlfriend and I are renting an apartment in Hradkanskra. That area is fairly close from Prague Castle. It is a duplex located on the last floor of the building, which must be around 80 to 100 years old. However, the apartment where we live has only been inhabited for 20 years, since it used to be the attic of the building. We'd lived there for five months. It's quite modern and bright, nothing to be scared of. However, last month, I offered to keep the dog of one of my students, a lovely young fox terrier, only for three weeks while she was out of the country. I love dogs, but living on the sixth floor without elevators is a deal breaker for owning one permanently. The first night was terrible. The dog couldn't stop whining because it was so used to sleeping in the same bed as its owner, but that isn't too much of a thing. Mostly my girlfriend, in all honesty. To be able to get some sleep and reassure the dog, I went down and slept on the couch. The dog was silent for the rest of the night, and I woke up in the early hours at around 6 or 7. That's when I heard what I thought to be my girlfriend walking down the wooden stairs. I heard the cracking of wood, and light steps going towards the couch. I was half awoken, but frankly felt that it was too early to show it and start conversation. That's when I felt her sitting on the couch and leaning on me, and when I decided it would be time to turn around and kiss her hello. It's an L-shaped sofa, and I was lying on the smaller part, but when I turn around, there was nothing. I listened attently, and could hear her upstairs gently snoring. Obviously I freaked because I have a history of sleep paralysis, and I hate it when it happens. And so I thought for the next day that that was it. Sleep paralysis. I hate it, but at least I know it's nothing hostile. A few days later, my mum and my cousin came to visit us in Prague, and spend Christmas holiday together. They slept on the same sofa, and I was really happy because the dog wouldn't whine anymore, as it was not alone downstairs during the night. After their first night, we woke up, and my mum asked who went to the toilet in the early morning. I didn't, neither did my girlfriend, as far as she said. My mum then told me that in the early morning at around 6 or 7, she heard one of us go to the stairs, walk towards the bathroom which is after the corridor between the couch and the entrance, and stop for a few seconds before the couch. She said she felt like she was being watched, just like I had before, but that it was a bit early to wake up and chat. It's only after we told her about my first experience that she became pale, and asked if we were pulling her leg. We weren't. A few days passed, and my mum and cousin returned to Belgium. My girlfriend goes to France to celebrate her mother's 50th birthday, and I decided because I did not feel too courageous about being home alone after these experiences, to let the dog come up with me. Two nights ago, I was sleeping on my stomach. The dog was by my side, and I again, in the early morning, heard someone either sighing or laughing lightly. I thought it might have been a sleep hallucination, but the dog got up, with its ears all pointy, as if they were trying to hear where the noise was coming from. The dog kept looking in the void towards the direction 
where I thought the noise had come from a few seconds prior. Now, the dog has returned to its family, and I'm home alone until Saturday. I have never wanted my girlfriend to be back more than now. I live in an old house that was converted into a triplex. All of the doors in my apartment push themselves open randomly, and any toiletries left on shelves in the shower are thrown to the floor. The first year or so living there, it scared me each time it happened. For example, I would be laying in my bed, and the door which would be fully closed would push open. Nobody else was home. I'd freak out and check everywhere for an intruder. Or I would be in the living room and would hear a big commotion from the bathroom. I'd go look, and my shampoo and conditioner and body wash would be on the floor. Again, there's no one else to mess with stuff, and my boyfriend would complain to me about the same stuff happening while he was home alone. I half expected all my cupboard doors to fly open at once, and the kitchen chairs to flip upside down one day. To make matters worse, my boyfriend's son went through a night terror stage during that first year. I was chatting about it with my friend, and telling her how we tried everything to help him stop having the terrors. She told me not to think she was crazy, but wondered if there was a possibility it could be something paranormal. She didn't know about the other stuff, so her saying that gave me goosebumps. I hadn't considered it before, but putting it all together scared me. We've been living here for five years now. He grew out of the night terrors, and I'm pretty sure all of the weird things that happened are due to pressure and temperature changes, but for good measure, I say hello to the ghost when a door opens on its own. When I was 14, my family and some of our friends went to the Myrtle Plantation in St. Francisville. That was a terrifying experience. When we got there, I felt like this shroud engulfed me. Before our tour, we were walking around, and I heard, Where's Cornelia? And just thought it was my mum's friend asking about her kid. And maybe I heard her wrong. Her kid's name was Cameron. But when I asked her husband where she was, he said she went to the bathroom inside. When the tour began, I kept feeling distracted like I was dreaming. I was barely listening until our tour guide told us about the owners and the slaves that killed her master's family by accident. Chloe wanted to give her mistress and her children food poisoning and accidentally killed them. One of their children's names was Cornelia and they were buried where I had heard the voice. I had to ask the tour guide twice before I could believe it. Then towards the end of the tour, we were taken to the trees in front of the house, where they hung slaves. I remember walking to the tree line and suddenly feeling as if no one was with me, and I saw flashes of people hanging there, and I heard weeping. I almost passed out and told my mum I needed to sit down so she walked with me to a bench near the house. When she asked me what was wrong, I told her and began to cry. 
That evening, we all went to this Mexican restaurant. I couldn't eat because the food was making my mouth hurt, like I had an ulcer. And I went to the restroom to find two sores in my mouth. Then that night at the hotel room, I woke up to the feeling of someone watching me. And I see this black shadow figure near the foot of the bed. I had to turn on the bathroom light just to go back to sleep. After the tour, they allow you to go around and take pictures of the outside of the house. The only photos they allow of the inside are of this mirror that supposedly the souls of the mistress and her children are stuck in. My mum took a ton of pictures on the outside, and we didn't look through them until we got home. We actually captured something in the photo. My mum didn't notice it, but when I looked, I found her, Chloe, the slave that accidentally killed her mistress and the children. She was standing behind my mum in the picture. My mum had taken a close photo of the window trying to get a photo of the inside of the house, and you can clearly see my mum's reflection. And then standing behind her, a figure wearing a turban on her head and period clothing. She had no face. My mum had taken four photos of the window. In the first, you can see my brother standing behind my mum and the chairs on the porch. The second is the same. The third is the one with her standing behind my mum. And the fourth is the same as the first two. It freaked me the hell out. My mum also took a few of the mirror as well. In the reflection, you can see all of us, my sister and her friends up front, both with white shirts. But in the reflection, there are also three black orbs. You can see them clearly because of my sister and her friend's shirts. A large orb and two smaller ones. For weeks, I felt like I've been watched by something. Even when I talk about it now, I'm feeling like I'm reliving it. That strange dreamlike feeling and my throat is closing up. The Myrtle Plantation is one of the most haunted in Louisiana. I visited a number of them, but have never felt as scared as I have there. The stairs in my house are so old that they creak when someone goes up them. And since everyone has a different weight and a different way of walking up the stairs, I can usually tell who it is coming up. So one night, when I'm the only person in the house who's awake, I hear the stairs creak one by one, starting at the bottom. Unfamiliar footsteps. When they reach the top, I convince myself to take a look. I check. No one there. I didn't hear anyone go down the stairs, and the hallway that connects to the top of the stairs creaks just as loudly, and the door at the bottom of the stairs is closed. There was just nothing there. Nobody used the stairs. It could be explained by the house being old, but the stairs making noise one by one in the middle of the night, that just doesn't happen. So, I'm pretty sure I accidentally invited something into my house. I named it The Orla, after the short story by Guy de Malpont, where a guy does the same. It started when I lost my keys, 
a bunch of us were at a friend's house in a small village outside of town. They were in a band together, and I was their default roadie slash tag along, and we performed at the local venue that evening. Since his house was closest to the place, we stayed over there. We were probably about 18 to 19 years old at the time, and we were a rowdy bunch. So when our friend's mum, whose house it was, asked us to steal a roll-up carpet that she liked the look of from a garage down the street, we were up for it. The great carpet robbery went off without a hitch, right up until we were jogging back up the hill to the house with this thing on our shoulders. That was when the button on my trousers broke and my trousers fell. I tripped over them and the contents of my pockets went flying into the night. I found my wallet and phone, but my keys were nowhere to be seen, and I was fearful that an extended search might lead to us getting caught. So I had to give them up as lost forever on some country road in the middle of nowhere. Two weeks later, I was reading in bed when I heard them fall. I had a half attic conversion, which was a pretty big space. The rest of the floor was taken up by a spare room with a little storage space left over in the ceiling above it. There was no furniture in the middle of my room for the keys to have fallen from let alone a way for them to have been there since I lost them about 12 miles away in the aforementioned middle of nowhere. Yet there they were, right in the middle of my carpet, and I heard them land there. After this, strange things started to happen around the house. I'd hear things in the spare room next to me, like someone moving around, but there'd be no one there when I'd check. I'd wake up to find my empty glasses beside the bed, despite being certain I hadn't drunk any of it, and my computer would randomly turn itself on in the night, waking me up with the sudden whir of its fan. One morning I was awoken by some baby birds tweeting loudly somewhere in my ceiling. I had noticed a bird coming and going outside my window, and it had obviously found a way into the space between my ceiling and the outside tiles of the roof. Just as I was contemplating how the hell I was going to deal with this, there was a loud, honest-to-God snarl, and an equally loud bang on the roof. The tweeting stopped instantly, and I never heard it again. The snarl was like a dog or something, full-throated and furious. The bang was like someone slamming a fist onto a table. Another instance happened while I was at work on a Saturday morning. There was no one in the house save my girlfriend who was having a lie-in. She was on her side facing away from the bedroom door, when something sat on the other side of the bed. She felt the mattress go down with the weight of whatever it was, and she froze. She didn't dare move or open her eyes. After a minute or two, the weight lifted, and she was gone. When she eventually got the courage to look around, there was no one there. She was so freaked out she rang me at work to tell me about it, and then left the house to spend the day in town until I got home. So yeah, I accidentally gave some entity keys to my place, and it took that as an invitation, and moved into my spare room. It hasn't done anything hostile so far. In fact, an argument could be made that it's trying to be helpful. 
but nonetheless, still freaky as hell. After a shower, I walked towards my room with the door half open like I left it, but was frozen in fear as I heard footsteps and the sound of paper scrunching loudly in my room. There was even a huge shadow being cast from my room's alien lamp on the hallway floor. My first thought was, what's my dad doing in my room? Then I heard his voice laughing and chatting with friends and family in the lounge slash kitchen. My next thought was, I hope everyone in the house isn't in the lounge slash kitchen. I silently walk into the lounge room and could see everyone in the house was there and the kitchen casually chatting. My heart skipped a beat later at night. I went back to my room and noticed everything was in its place. Nothing seemed to have been touched and the rest of the night was normal. I was 10 at the time, but was too scared to go into my room during that occurrence. That was over a decade ago, but I know 100% what I saw and heard, and it definitely wasn't a pet. We don't have any of them, and the footstep sounds were too loud to be something like a dog. It sounded like my dad's heavy footsteps. I know it can be explained by something rationally, but it still gives me the chills whenever I think about it to this day. After a shower, I walked towards my room with the door half open like I left it, but was frozen in fear as I heard footsteps and the sound of paper scrunching loudly in my room. There was even a huge shadow being cast from my room's alien lamp on the hallway floor. My first thought was, what's my dad doing in my room? Then I heard his voice laughing and chatting with friends and family in the lounge slash kitchen. My next thought was, I hope everyone in the house isn't in the lounge slash kitchen. I silently walk into the lounge room and could see everyone in the house was there and the kitchen casually chatting. My heart skipped a beat later at night. I went back to my room and noticed everything was in its place. Nothing seemed to have been touched and the rest of the night was normal. I was 10 at the time, but was too scared to go into my room during that occurrence. That was over a decade ago, but I know 100% what I saw and heard, and it definitely wasn't a pet. We don't have any of them, and the footstep sounds were too loud to be something like a dog. It sounded like my dad's heavy footsteps. I know it can be explained by something rationally, but it still gives me the chills whenever I think about it to this day. My grandma's house is chock full of weird stories going way back. Pretty much everything weird and scary has happened in the hallway leading to the spare bedroom. My grandma would see my grandpa's silhouette walking down the hall. He'd stop at the door to their bedroom and peer in, and she'd ask if he needed something. He wouldn't answer, and would keep walking. Peeved, she would get up to ask him again, only to find him in the living room sleeping, or watching TV, and insisting he'd been there the whole time. 
My mum has heard someone calling her name from this same hall. And once we were there alone house-sitting while my grandparents were out of town. They were due back late that night, and my mum and I both heard heavy footsteps coming from the hall. She told me they must have come home early, and as she went to greet them, she realised there was no one there. The guest room at the end of the same hall has a TV that will turn on by itself. They also had a couple stay there, and neither one was particularly superstitious. The next morning, the husband was unusually quiet. He finally got a chance to talk to my grandma alone, and said very simply, Someone was watching us last night. He had seen a figure standing in the corner of the room staring at them, and had been so frightened that he'd just closed his eyes and tried to go back to sleep. When my grandma pressed for details, he kind of shrugged it off and didn't want to talk about it anymore. There's also a middle bedroom between the spare room and my grandparents' room, which we have always just called Tipsy Danger's room because I used to stay with them so often. I was on my bed once when I heard a thump, and then a skittering noise, like something had jumped off the bed and was running across the floor. I thought it was the cat being weird, so I sat up to see what she was doing, only to find that the cat was at the foot of the bed staring intently at the doorway to the hall. I looked around for a bit, and was unable to find anything. Chris is a Christian, raised through and through. He's not one of those forceful Bible bashers, but get him on the topic of religion and he'll talk your ear off for hours on end. He believes that the Judgment Day is coming soon in his lifetime, as most Christians do, and how anything that goes against the Christian faith is demonic and therefore evil. He is also a believer in a lot of conspiracy theories, from how the UN is a front from sending money to terrorists in the Middle East, to how global warming is caused by Russian submarines detonating bombs under the Arctic ice, to aliens and alien abduction. Alternatively, I'm an atheist, and don't go for any of that nonsense. No matter how many ancient alien documentaries or Bible passages he quotes as proof of his claims to the truth, although I am a firm believer in ghosts because I've seen them ever since I was a child. Despite our differences in beliefs, we've been good friends for almost 20 years, due to the fact that we respect each other's views and never let our discussions on religion and the paranormal get out of hand to the point of raining blows down on each other. The night that this happened played out just like any other night. He had dinner, spent some time playing music in his stack of vintage cassettes, and scolding one of his cats, Bingo, for knocking down some of the World War II model planes that he builds for a hobby. It was around 10.30pm, which according to Chris was late, and he decided to call it a night. He was awoken maybe an hour later to hearing scratching sounds at his bedroom door. So thinking it was one of his cats, he goes to open it, expecting one of his furry companions to come sauntering in. There was no one. Thinking nothing much of it, he closed the door and went back to bed, 
and just as he was throwing the Duna back over himself, he heard the scratching again. Getting up again, the scratching stopped as soon as he opened the door. Being a little annoyed, he stepped out into the hallway and flicked on the light, wondering if it were his cats playing in the hallway and that they ran off when they heard the door opening. But the hallway was empty. He checked the bathroom thinking they may be hiding there, but found it empty. He looked in the kitchen and saw nothing there either. Chris, confused, but too tired to give it any more thought, went back to bed, but left the bedroom door open a crack so that he wouldn't have to get up again, in order for his cats to just let themselves in. He was falling asleep again, and then he felt the mattress near his feet sag, as though someone was sitting on it. Figuring it was one of his cats, he said goodnight to his little furry sleeping companion before he could drift off to sleep. That's when he felt his hair being stroked and a soft woman's voice whispering, pretty boy, pretty boy. My friend opened his eyes and saw the figure of an older woman, mid seventies to early eighties, leaning over him in bed, smiling down over him. Her hand moving rhythmically in a slow stroking motion over his hair. He let out a slew of curse words, leapt from the bed, grabbed his pillow and spent the rest of the night sleeping in the tub. Chris called me the next afternoon to confirm our plans over the weekend. I had first thought when he told me about the events of the previous night, with nervousness in his voice, that he sounded like he wasn't sure if it had really happened or not or had just had a bad dream, and his brain hadn't processed that he was awake. Chris was just starting to describe what the woman looked like to me over the phone. When I stopped him and suddenly asked, did she look like an older lady with short black hair, kind of slightly old and hunched over? He was genuinely surprised, exclaiming in an almost unbelievable voice, yes, how did you know that? I've seen her at your house numerous times now, but I've never said anything to you because I didn't want to scare you. There was a long silence on his end of the line, like he was trying to process what I just revealed to him. Chris's voice finally came back, shaking and asked me, are you serious? It was now that I wanted to say that it was just a joke, because I know how nervous Chris can get when it comes to talk of ghosts and anything that doesn't conform to his beliefs but I decided to just be honest with him. I figured it would be easier for him to accept his first ghostly encounter instead of lying to him. I told him yes, that I'd seen her on occasions where I was over at his house, but I told him that she wasn't a bad spirit and that I didn't get any ill vibes from her whenever I saw her or felt she meant harm. Not surprisingly, this didn't make Chris feel any better and he kept bombarding me with questions like what she was doing there, how long she had been around, and what she wanted. And I told him that she just probably enjoyed being in the house that she used to live in when she was alive, and keep watching over it. I told him that I didn't really feel like she was going to go or poltergeist in the house, and that she was just curious about her new roommate, and not to worry about her. But Chris, being opposed to all things supernatural, and believing anything like ghosts go against the Bible, didn't believe me, and said he would have a talk with his minister from his local church 
to see about getting his house blessed. I assured him it wasn't necessary, but I could see his point of view on such a thing. I mean, after not believing in ghosts all his life, only to be confronted by one would be the same as me being an atheist, suddenly having the existence of God proven to me. So Chris and his church minister held a short service at his house, whereby at the end, Chris was told that the old woman had found peace throughout their prayers and was able to move on. I visited Chris's house a week after the blessing, where after some time of hanging out and having him show me his latest model airplane, did he ask me, do you know if that old woman's still here? I shook my head and said, nope, can't see her anymore even though she was standing in the doorway between the hallway and the lounge room. I figure there's no sense making the poor guy worry over something he cannot control. A few years ago, my sister was married to a soldier in the British army, and he was stationed in Germany. We all visited her and she knew I was interested in history. So for a day out, we visited Belsenbergen, the former Nazi concentration camp. As we were walking around, my sister was pushing the pram with my nephew in it. He was one or two years old at the time. The thing about Belsenbergen is that after the way it was burnt to the ground, it's more or less blank fields. As we walked, we passed a tree. When my nephew asked my sister who the kids were behind us, we all turn around and no one's there. My sister asked, which kids? And he replied, the ones in pyjamas. Yet again, no kids to be seen anywhere. We all knew for a fact that he had no idea what country he was in, yet alone, know about the horrible events which had occurred in that camp. Big up, Niam. Me, my wife, and our two children were on a trip from point A to point B. We planned to stop the first evening into our trip with a friend of ours who happened to be near our route. Since we would be arriving at about 1am, our friend left the door unlocked so that we could let ourselves in. Now this wasn't a large city by any means, but out in the sticks near DeKalb, Texas. So we slipped in as quietly as we could, went back to the room that had been set up for us, and proceeded to try and get some sleep. The room was roughly 10 by 10. Mobile home rooms, gotta love them. My daughter, the four-year-old, was on a pallet of blankets on one side of the room, and my son started off there but got fussy, so my wife picked him up and let him sleep with us on the bed. The bed was pushed up in the corner, all the way, and I was sleeping up against the wall. My wife had the outside, and our son was somewhere in the mix. We closed the door and turned off the light. It's pitch dark. Roughly an hour later, I hear my wife scream that someone's in the room. I open my eyes and see a black figure move towards the door. I wear contacts, 
so I couldn't distinguish what I saw, only that it appeared to have been a human shape. I leapt from the bed and bear hugged the intruder. The problem was I couldn't get a hold of it. I could feel its body up against mine, but every time I went to bear hug it, my arms went through it. I could see the blackness. I felt the shape up against my body, but couldn't grab it. I was pushed away from whatever it was and heard my wife scream something about the light. I went from where I thought the light switch was and felt something clawing and scratching on my upper body. I found the light switch on the wall and saw nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, other than the damage from what looked like a tornado had hit our room. My wife was still in bed, scared, witless. My daughter was on one of the open corners of the room, cowering under a blanket, and my infant son was on the floor next to the bed. Being the manly man that I am, I did the most sane thing I've ever done, and that was open the door to the room. A bathroom was right next to our room, you see. Flicked on the light, and no one was in there. I turned on the next light I could find, and no one was there. I checked the front door. It was deadlocked and deadbolted from the inside. You can't leave a house and deadbolt a door from the inside. There were no other sounds, noises or movement. And I run back to our room and call a friend. Yes, I should have checked physically. But at this point, my adrenaline was wearing off and panic was starting to settle in. Our friend answered and said she was okay, and then she walks down to our room where we take in what happened. My wife has calmed the baby and our daughter down. They're all fine. My wife has blood pouring from her mouth and can barely speak, and has deep scratch marks from her neck to her ears down to her breasts. I have a fat, bloody lip, deep scratch marks on my chest, neck and back even though I'd slept in a shirt that night. And I also have what looks like carpet burn on the top of my right foot. The sewing machine table that was in the room had been thrown across near where my daughter was laying. After we calmed down and collected our wits, we started probing what we just went through. I recounted everything you've heard, and my wife said that she heard the door open and a big black cat jump on her chest and began clawing at her. Its face was smushed up against hers, causing her to feel strangled. The cat then started using its paws to strangle her. She gasped out that someone was in the room, which is when I awoke to see a black figure moving across it. While this was going on, our friend heard absolutely nothing. No shouts, no bumping around, nothing. Our friend and most others that we've told the story to, thinks that my wife and I were fighting each other in our sleep, which I'm not past believing. She sleeps with her eyes open at times and used to sleepwalk when she was younger, but we don't think this is the case. We've told a few other friends about it, and they've stated they've had similar experiences. Big black cat strangling someone in bed, and another person wakes up to see something but the something gets away. The next thing that makes me think this wasn't a dream gone bad were my wounds. My wife's healed up fine. 
It took two months for the scratches on my chest, neck and back to completely go away. The carpet burn, however, took four months to heal. We tried medicating ointments and nothing worked. We went to our doctor, but at that point it had began clearing up on its own, and he didn't want to do anything. He made a comment saying that the spot looked like it had been burned. If you've ever seen a third degree burn, it looks similar. Now, I can believe that my wife can make the scratches, but not what was on my foot. You can make out a slightly visible scar through my hobbit-like foot hair. I am of the persuasion that these events or something spiritual. My family owns a country house in rural Missouri that I grew up visiting pretty often. There were plenty of beds and rooms to sleep in, but I always stayed in a room in the basement since it stayed nice and dark well into the day, and the bed in that one was by far the comfiest. Ever since I can remember, I always had a weird feeling when I went down there, but I was usually so tired from running around and doing farm work all day that I had no trouble falling asleep. So, it never really bothered me. Stuff started to really pick up around the time I was 12 or 13. The one thing that really sticks out was one night when I was drifting off to sleep. I kept seeing a human-sized shadow walk past my room. This room was at the end of a hallway, and I saw it slowly walk back and forth past my room about three times, almost like it was someone on patrol or something. I always kept the door slightly ajar, and the bright hallway light on because of the creepy vibes. Finally, I saw whoever it was stop in front of my door and wait there for three minutes before moving on. The part that really freaked me out and confused me was that the hallway boards are normally super creaky. Like even my little 12 year old body would make these things pop and crack like crazy. So I knew whoever was walking in the hallway at night couldn't have actually had any weight on them. The other thing that happened that really freaked me out actually caused me to stop sleeping in that room again. I was laying in bed, but this time I had just woken up and was laying with my feet hanging off the end of the bed. When clear as day, I feel a single finger trace a line from the heel of my foot to the tip of my big toe. I even felt the damn fingernail at the tip of the finger. That same day, I went to my grandma and told her everything, and that I didn't want to stay in that room, and could she please make a bed up for me in an upstairs room. It was then that she told me the family secret. My great-grandpa built that house in the early 50s, but in order to do it, they dug up the grave of a Confederate soldier and moved his grave to a new spot 50 yards away. They had a priest bless the new spot and everything, but apparently that wasn't enough for the soldier. The adults in the family kept this from us kids so that we wouldn't get freaked out staying there. There was another time that I had been running around and came inside real quick to use the restroom. I ran through the living room and saw an old man wearing overalls facing a giant bookshelf and looking at all of our family photos. As I ran through the living room towards the bathroom, he just slightly turned his head and smiled at me. 
My grandpa was also somewhere around the house, so I just assumed it was one of his friends or people working for him and thought nothing of it. I never saw him again after that. But a few years later, I was flipping through old family pictures and recognized one of the people. It was the same man I had seen that day wearing the exact same outfit. Jean overalls and a plain white t-shirt with the same sweet smile on his face. I asked my grandma who that was. Turns out it was my great grandpa, the man who had built the house and who died 20 years before I was born. Even though I never saw him after that, I would always come back to the living room to see his favorite old rocking chair rocking back and forth. It never freaked me out because I knew who it was and that he was probably just saying hi and enjoying his old favorite spot in the afterlife. Also, by the time I had told my grandma about all the weird experiences I'd had, and she explained to her that several of the women in my family have a knack for seeing ghosts and stuff, it made me feel better, because I literally see something or have very freaky dreams every time I visit. Things I've also heard and seen include a random little girl watching me while I was sleeping, a young Native American man watching me and saying something I couldn't understand, random objects moving to different places when no one was there, a baby crying when there was no baby around, and just general nuisances from that Confederate soldier in the basement. I think he enjoyed trying to scare me, so I really didn't like him. I worked in a really old movie theater for my first job. It was a small theater with six screens and all in a line, so you could see from one end of the building to the other. Eventually, I got promoted to a manager, so I had to start the movies. We had film still, so it was fairly complicated. You had to thread the projector and then watch over them because they mess up easily. We always joked about ghosts and a lot of weird stuff happening around there, like falling over, doors shutting and hearing voices. Well, one day I was there with one employee, slow midweek day, and I walked out of the office up to the projection booth and out of habit, looked both ways. You know, the old left, right, to my right, there was a woman in a whitish dress with brown hair, about four feet away, just standing. I only caught a glimpse of her before doing a double take and she was gone. I wasn't the only person to see her. Several other employees claim they've seen a similar woman around the theater. I never saw her again though. More silly stuff happened, like doors locking behind you, or things that were on tables ending up on the floor. Our projectors were old film projectors, and more than a few times one of us would forget to start a movie on time, only to find it had been already started for us. Another manager claimed that she saw the ghost woman, who was called Sarah, in the window upstairs when she was leaving for the night. One time we were watching a movie after hours, and we heard a series of what sounded like tin cans fall in succession around the theater walls. 
there were some rumours that Sarah was a projectionist at an old theatre elsewhere, who somehow ended up buried in its walls, and pieces of the building were used in the construction of ours. But we never found any evidence to back up this urban legend. I own this house down in South Georgia, near a town in the middle of nowhere called Moultrie. It's just a double wide mobile home that's been seated on a foundation, so it qualifies as a house on the insurance. Anyway, the house itself isn't old. I lived there about two years before moving up to Atlanta to take a better job. While I lived there, I smoked often and always outside because I have kids. So from my front yard, there was a large clearing across the road. It was overgrown with weeds and the like, but you could sort of tell that a house used to be there. Within weeks of my family moving in, I began to feel freaked out by being out on my front porch at night. During the day, I felt absolutely normal. There was something about the night that just didn't sit well. And I considered myself a believer in the paranormal and maybe a mild clairvoyant. So I felt like I knew that there was something. I was being watched. And so many people described these sort of events. I convinced myself it was nothing though, and simply fixed the issue by smoking up back instead of up front at night. My mum was over one afternoon during a small family grill out, and we were walking around the front lawn, just checking out the garden. The sun was near setting, and you could barely see the light fading over the horizon when she went wide-eyed and stopped talking mid-sentence. I asked her what was wrong, and she just slowly lifts her hands and points in the direction of the aforementioned clearing. It was across the dirt road from my property, and I look towards that direction as I do, and see a dark shadow simply go from what looked like a dog form crouching over to a full bipedal humanoid shape. This thing was 10 feet tall. I mean, huge, if it were human. So I blink and rub my eyes for a second before asking my mum, do you see what I see? She confirmed by nodding, but is unable to make words. At this point, I'm really getting scared. Now I know that I wasn't mistaken by my feelings of being watched. I tell her we need to go inside. She agrees, so we begin to walk towards my front door slowly. At that moment, my spidey senses go off, and I turn to look back at the thing, as it does what looks like charge across the dirt road towards my lawn. I panic. My mum panics, and suddenly the creature lurches back, as though it ran into an invisible wall. We made it to the porch at that moment, and I have one foot in the door when my mum finally speaks and says, Wait, it looks like it stopped. When I focus again on the thing, I notice it has no eyes, no defining form, only the dark outline of a shadow overcasting the already dark background of tall grass, 
and the clearing with the surrounding trees. The thing charges forward again, but lurches back at the edge of the lawn. Freaked out, we assume it's paranormal, and there's nothing we can do about it. So we head inside. We tell everyone in there, and of course they think we're messing with them. Eventually everyone goes home, and I discuss it with my wife who tells me to stop playing around. I wouldn't go out front at night again, and shortly thereafter we moved out and to Atlanta. I knew the previous owners personally, and contacted their son, my friends, to see if they had ever experienced anything like that. They said no, but strangely they had witnessed angels at the four corners of the lawn before. I'm not Christian, and I'm barely religious, more of a spiritual thing, so I go along with it since they are, and listen carefully. Apparently their dad was a pastor at a church, and in doing so prayed constantly over the land and his family. Now, be it strange or not, the fact that they have claimed to see angels at the four corners of the lawn, and that I have just witnessed who knows what, attempting to enter the lawn and almost being pushed back to the edge, was unsettling. The story ends anticlimactically, with me simply not going outside at night anymore. At least, not to the front. We move and try to forget it happened. I've since rented the place out to another family, and I haven't heard them say anything about it, though I did request they keep an eye on their kids, and not let them go across the road there. I later found out, the house that used to be there had a small family that lived in it. The teenager actually went to middle school with me, but I never knew him. He ended his own life three years before I moved there, and the house across the street was demolished shortly thereafter. I won't ever cross the street again, and I wouldn't advise anyone else to do it either. I was working in London for two weeks, staying in a flat, owned by a friend of a friend, while he was out of town. About halfway through the job, I got food poisoning, and was pretty sick for three days. I still had to work. I got home one night about 12, and was chilling in the front room reading a book before going to bed, when I felt someone else was in the room. I looked up, and there was a Native American dude stood in the middle of the room. He was wearing some kind of vest or waistcoat, and I see dark lines running up his forearm. He raises a hand, says some stuff directly to me, and just vanishes. I wasn't scared, just a bit strange, and I went to bed. A few hours later I woke up and wasn't sick anymore, and I drew a portrait of him in my sketchbook. A few days later I was back home, sat on some stairs waiting for my girlfriend with the name Little Crow popped up into my head, and I wrote it next to my drawing. About six months later, I hadn't mentioned this experience to many people. The original friend whose flat I stayed in gave me a book of Native American history, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, and there was a chapter about a Dakota chief called Little Crow. The photo of him looks like my drawing. He always wore long sleeves because he was shot by his brother when he was younger, 
and the bullet passed through both his arms. The wounds became infected and left ugly scars that he was embarrassed about. About two years ago, my friends and I visited Letchworth Village in Rockland County, New York. It was a psychiatric hospital for the mentally and physically disabled, opened in 1911, and was the site of the first polio vaccine trials in the United States. Letchworth was finally shut down in the 90s, because of the rampant abuse and mistreatment of the live-in patients, but many of the hospital's abandoned buildings are still standing on campus, and most are decayed enough or already broken into to be easily accessible. The final building we explored was once the main hospital. My friend mentioned that this place was apparently featured on some ghost hunters type show, one of the most haunted places in America, or something like that. And we were pretty excited when we saw that someone had graffitied on the walls, the ghosts are here. The first room had rusted metal bars suspended by wires hanging from the ceiling. This in itself was not out of the ordinary. But as we entered a gust of wind shook the bars which began to swing and clank eerily against each other. Needless to say, it was a nice spooky entrance. Upon entering that tetanus trap, we entered a long hallway with a big staircase leading to the basement and the second floor. Ignoring every single horror film infused instinct to not go down the flight of foreboding stairs into what could very well be the gates of hell, we climbed down to the basement, which of course, was extremely dark, save for a welcoming burst of light streaming in from a broken window near the stairs. With our flashlights on, we made our way slowly through the basement hall, and at about halfway we found the old morgue. One of my photographer friends had set up his tripod, and began taking a long exposure of the morgue as the rest of us waited and jokingly tried to convince him to climb inside of it. As this was taking place, I happened to look back down the hall from where we came. I couldn't make out any details of the hallway except for the beam of light at the other end. It looked like there was something partially blocking the beam of light coming in from the broken window. Kind of like a shadow, but more like a silhouette, where a person's upper torso and head would have been illuminated by the light instead of just darkness. However, the second I noticed it, it moved, and the beam of light was undisturbed once again. Right around that time, my fight or flight instinct kicked in, and my bowels went a little loose at the sound of footsteps that came clearly from behind the doors of the unexplored room ahead of us. I can't remember if I screamed, cried, or a little bit of both, but we left there pretty quickly after that. This happened to my cousin. This was years ago, but we have a family home in the province of the Philippines, and we refer to it as the White House, 
because there are supposed to be ghosts there. In Filipino culture, ghosts are all white. If they're another colour, they're demons. I don't completely remember why we were there, but I remember it was time to eat dinner. So our uncle told my cousin to wake up his mum who was sleeping downstairs. My cousin, Jared, didn't want to go up there because he knew that's where the ghosts were. So my uncle said, it's up to you, your mum won't be able to eat them. So Jared got really worried that his mother wouldn't be able to eat dinner. So he went up the rickety old staircase and entered the first three rooms. He saw his mum sleeping under the blanket. So he went to shake her awake. Before he could put his hands on the blanket, he heard a voice call out, Jared? He quickly turned and saw his mum standing in the doorway. When he looked back at the bed, the blanket was laying completely flat. When I was a child, I woke up to footsteps on the roof of my apartment as I lived on the top floor. It sounded like something was running across the roof. Being a young child and not really knowing when Christmas was, I ran into my parents' room as they slept and was excited telling them that Santa and his reindeer were on the roof. They woke up and told me to go back to sleep as it wasn't anywhere near Christmas. So I go back into my room and closed the door. I laid in my bed and clearly remembered a tall figure which was shadowy and can't remember any more of what happened after what I saw. After the event, all my life I've seen shadow figures. I've had dreams of grey aliens and having medical type experimentations done on me and have woken up with scars that are perfect incisions that were made overnight and healed completely once I awoke. One time, I was in my grandparents' backyard around 1 or 2 am with my Siberian husky and ex-girlfriend. We were sitting on a picnic bench just looking at the stars as I would constantly see stars in space that started moving back and forth as they were objects in space that were being flown by intelligence and enjoying the nice night. They lived in a rural area with practically no light pollution and you could see so many stars it was quite beautiful and breathtaking. On this particular night, we were out there with the dog facing the forest with about four acres of my grandparents yard between us and the forest. We began to hear loud screams that didn't sound like human, fox nor owl. Not to mention, the closest home was a mile or two away. And then all of a sudden my husky started barking at something in the field. And my ex and myself assumed it would be a deer or something like that, as only the dog could see it. The field was big and it was hard to see, so we calmed down the dog and continued to ignore him until he began snarling. I got down to the dog's level and tried to see which area of the field he was looking at and tried to focus my eyes and saw a tall figure and it made this screeching sound that I would constantly hear all the time. Instead of trying to run after it, my dog on a leash tried to run away. So my ex and I bolted inside, as she also saw it. 
take it as you will, but when I lived in that house when I was alone, I felt like I was constantly being watched, even when I would walk upstairs and have to run up them, as I felt something was behind me that I couldn't see. I had a dream the other night, a lucid dream mind you, that I was with a guy whom I've never seen, but this guy seemed familiar. He had headphones on listening to music, the big over-ear studio headphones, and he proceeded to take the headphones off and place them in my head, which a folk rock song started to play as clear as day. A song I've never heard in my life, and all of a sudden after I heard the music, the guy morphed into a grey-brown type alien, and my surroundings changed, and all of a sudden I was lying on some medical procedure table inside of a craft, and I instantly awoke and started crying. The alien in my dreams looked all the same with insane detail. Any time I think about that event, seeing the tall shadow figure behind my door after closing it as a child, makes me cry, and sends chills throughout my whole body. Thank you for letting me share my stories, they have bothered me my whole life. I haven't shared these events and dreams with anyone except my current girlfriend. I'm 31 years old, and figured it was time to share, regardless of what people think of me. I had a long time employee we called MacGyver because he had such a knack for fixing or improving anything with whatever he had on hand. An example is a storage cabinet that had the handle broken years ago. Instead of fixing the lock, he strategically placed a magnet that holds it closed, and it's still there today. He died of cancer in 2010, and just a few days after he passed, I accidentally broke a shelf off the wall. I tried rehanging it with no luck, it had broken, and the screws that anchored it were missing. I threw the shelf in the garbage, but not before saying I wish Chris was still here, because he would have figured it out. I have the only keys to the office, and when the first in and last out. The next morning when I came in, the shelf was out of the trash and rehung. Push pins were used to both hang it and stabilize it exactly the type of fix that he would have done. To this day, I have no explanation for how that happened. The layout of my kitchen is very strange. Now, I was laying around on the couch just watching TV, and I hear this strapping sound, and next thing I know, a measuring cup was being thrown from the counter or fridge. I stood up so fast, and a wave of fear came over me and I nearly cried. No one was in the house with me except my dogs, a very old chihuahua, and she never leaves her dog bed, and the other is a husky that was lying next to me on the couch. The last one is a golden doodle. She barks at everything, and she was behind me behind the couch. You know how a ball is thrown, right? That's how the measuring cup was thrown. 
I can't see the fridge from where I was sitting. And frankly, I don't even know where it came from. No windows or doors were open. It didn't just fall. And I swear on my damn life it was thrown. I don't even know what's going on. My old neighbours were moving out, and paid me £50 a month to keep their old house clean and locked up, while they were trying to sell it. One day a random couple from a few doors down came to my house to tell me that they had seen someone inside the house, and wondered if it was me. I grabbed my torch, and me and my dad ran over to the house thinking that some squatters had thought they'd hit the jackpot. But when I went in, the place was completely empty. I checked every single room and cupboard inside the house and couldn't find a soul. So I brushed it off and thought it must have been the owner's daughter or something, as she'd left before the couple came to mine. I spoke with the couple a few days later and told me that they were absolutely 100% certain that they saw the bedroom light turn on and saw two children playing in the room. I told them that it must have been the owner's daughter, that she has two children, and they told me that they had spoken with her, and she hadn't been to the house all week. I laughed it off, thinking that the couple must have been seeing things. But ever since that day, I've had a very weird feeling come over me, every time I walk into the house. It's sold now though, so the ghost kids are no longer my problem. When I was a child, I lived in the Mugabe Desert, which is ground zero for a lot of paranormal events, notably Roswell, Area 51, and also just tons of abandoned towns, which makes it all that much creepier. I was living relatively close to Edwards Air Force Base, which was pretty much Area 51, before we knew Area 51 existed. Anyway, in my childhood home, there was never any yelling or fighting. My parents were married and still are, and I was not abused in any way. Initially, I thought what had happened was a result of my parents hitting me for some reason, but I didn't see their faces because they did not have any in this instance. I remember that night so vividly. I didn't know about shadow people until I was around 1516. Even then, I didn't connect that I had experienced them. I recently clicked a few months ago when I had thought back to the experience. So this one night, I was getting ready for bed and I was in the bath. I was playing around with the bubbles in the bath and putting it on my head to make a hat. I'm pretty sure I washed it off my head, because I doubt I would go to bed with bubbles on my head. I had gone to sleep, but awoke, feeling a presence. Like I said before, I thought it was my parents, but these beings had no faces, and were just shadows. I had a nightlight, so I could tell that there was something there. 
I saw three or more of these shadow people moving around the front of my room and talking to each other about me. I don't know what exactly they were saying, but I knew they were speaking because they kept pointing at me and huddled up together as if, okay, what's the plan, y'all? I wasn't afraid of them until shortly after. After looking at them for a hot second, one of them shoots over and puts me in a chokehold while pushing me onto the pillow. I couldn't breathe and was squirming around trying to free myself. While this was going on, I see what you would see if you looked through a kaleidoscope, except instead of looking through it, it's like I fell into it. It reminded me of when you play PS2 and the camera would fall into that abyss of fog when it booted. I thought to myself, that's the last time I put soap on my head. I have never been abused, but I imagine that that is what it felt like. I fell into a deep ass sleep. The morning after, I went up to my mum to tell her about it. At this point, my only experience with anything even slightly paranormal was at the movie Monsters Inc. So I did not have the vocabulary to say what those beings were. My parents were super conservative and Christian. So they didn't let us find out about all that stuff. The conversation went like this. Mum, I saw Scully last night. And he hurt me. But Scully's a nice monster. He wasn't nice to me. Hella spooky, right? After that, I didn't sleep for three days straight and had several panic attacks. My mom kept giving me Benadryl to make me go to sleep, but that just made me hallucinate and made me become more afraid to go to sleep. I straight up saw bugs crawling out of the walls. Thanks, mom. I was convinced that if I went to sleep, I would be attacked again. And this time, I would perish. Eventually, I did fall asleep. And fortunately, nothing has happened to me since then. Ever since I returned home from a four month trip, my room wasn't the same anymore. When I was there, I usually felt a warm feeling of security and coziness or at least I didn't feel a feeling of dread or hopelessness. I'm a guy and live with my mom and two younger brothers in a town in a very isolated valley in the middle of nowhere. And not even in town, but rather a few kilometers from it. And on top of that, my room isn't in the house, but outside of it. A shed that we revamped into my room. Well, the thing is that the first night I slept there after I came back, I immediately felt a difference. The air felt heavier, and a soft breeze blew on me all night, and I felt an ominous presence standing in the opposite corner of the room, even though I had my lamp on all night, and there wasn't anything there. Looking at that corner makes me feel dread and unprotected, and I'm in constant alert. I can't even sleep. I spend all night watching YouTube videos on my phone and keep me distracted until the sun comes up, where I finally feel better. But the feeling is there, even then. 
Even with my girlfriend here for the night, I still can't feel safe. Tonight, I'm going to sleep in the living room of my house because I can't stand it anymore. I'm tired of feeling insecure while in my own room and not being able to get enough sleep. I think it's progressively getting worse, and I've only been back for two weeks. Last night, I couldn't sleep at all. I ended up passing out from exhaustion at 7am and woke up at 11 not wanting to spend any more time there. I want to know how I can fix this and what I can do that will make it stop. One time, I was over at my friend's house with a small group of about three. As I was planning to stay over the weekend, so I packed a lot. It was around 10pm when we decided to order pizza and watch some movies, when all of a sudden the letterbox in his door starts flapping, and we all thought it was the wind and shrugged it off. The pizza came at around 10.30pm and tuck in. Then the letterbox went again. I had enough and checked and opened the door. There was no one there, and worst of all, no wind, which really creeped me and my friends out. We stayed up till 3am, which was a bad mistake, as the letterbox started to flap more and more, and also harder. That's when I said, whoever is living in this house with us, flap the letterbox three more times. Hoping to not get a response, the letterbox flapped three times, and I started to get even more scared. That night, none of us got any sleep. Moral of the story, if you're planning to stay over a mate's house for a bit, and something sounds off, check and rule out the possibilities, then you might be sure of it. I was seven years old at the time this happened. One day out of the blue, I woke up having this odd feeling, like something bad would happen. I couldn't put my finger on what exactly it was, so I shrugged it off. At the time this happened, I was staying at my beloved grandmother's house. I would get to her house straight from school, do my homework, and when done, watch soap operas with her. She was sweet and caring, so she would always check on me. That nighttime was no exception because she knew that I had trouble sleeping, so she would sit on my bed and rub my legs. After a couple of days upon arriving from school while having lunch at her house, I received terrible news. My beloved grandma had fallen ill. My aunt informed me that she would be staying at the hospital for some time in order to get better from hepatitis B and meningitis. I would visit her every day for over a month right after school, until one day, I wasn't allowed to see her anymore. She had health complications. Doctors feared she wouldn't make it through the night, and they were right. She passed away in her sleep that same night. When that happened, I got an overwhelming sadness, even when no one had even told me yet that she was gone. That is when that odd feeling I had started to make sense. The funeral came around, 
and I wasn't allowed to go, since it was no place for a child. My parents tried to shelter me from the event, hiding what death meant. They said Nana went on a trip, but I need the truth. That hurt me in a way, because I didn't get to say goodbye. The day she was buried, I remember all the family arrived at her house to spend some time together. We shared stories, looked at pictures until time came around, and we said our goodbyes and went to bed. So I followed my usual routine and went to sleep. Later, during the middle of the night, my door creaked open. I thought nothing of it, until I saw a dent formed on my bed, like someone was sitting down, and I felt a stroke on my legs. I sat up, too tired to process what was going on, and said with a groggy voice, Good night, Nana. I waved my hand at her, and began falling asleep. After that happened, I felt the mattress rose, as if she had stood up from the bed, and closed the door softly. She left behind this peace and calmness. I like to believe that she came to say goodbye. Later that same year, a couple of months after my nana passed, my mum got pregnant with twins. Everything was great. That was the news and joy that we needed. Everything was wonderful. But one day, same as before, my nana fell ill. I had this dread come over me, a feeling that something was wrong. I told my mum that I felt something was wrong, and she told me to brush it off, as it was most likely nothing. A few days after this, I sort of forgot about the feeling, carried my day on as usual and went home after school. I was alone in the house, doing my homework at the dinner table, when out of nowhere I heard the sounds of babies crying from the room my parents were setting up for the twins. I could distinguish two different cries, this feeling of dread and sadness washed over me again. I decided that since I was about to be a big sister, I had to see what was going on in my baby sibling's room. Somehow I managed to gather up the courage, stand up and walk towards the door. As I approached the room, the crying started to fade away, when it was really intense before. The moment I placed my hand on the doorknob, the crying stopped. I opened up the door, and the room is empty. That night, my dad came home, and told me that my mum was in the hospital, and that she would have to stay there for some time. Also, that's when she came. The babies were not going to be in her tummy anymore. Also, that when she came, the babies were not going to be in her tummy anymore. He made sure I understood they were not coming, because they had passed away. I looked at my dad, muttered okay, and went to my room. I laid in bed and cried non-stop until I fell asleep. Yet I woke up in the early dawn, to the feeling of a hand on my leg, but I wasn't scared. So I looked over and saw a dent on my bed. The same way it happened a few months ago. I had this undeniable feeling it was my Nana. I knew I could ask this from her. So I said, look out for them Nana, 
please, waved my hand and fell asleep again. In the morning I awoke, knowing that everything would be alright. Since that time, 14 years ago, I have not felt Nana's presence again. But I still get that dreadful feeling every time something bad will happen. You might think I'm bluffing, but it's true, and I don't like getting that feeling. It causes me to become quite anxious and reserved. Sadly, that odd feeling never fails. One time I knew a friend of mine would lose his mum, and I couldn't stop it. Anyway, I'm positive my Nana is still looking out for me. So Nana, wherever you are, thank you. And I hope we do meet again. When my family first moved into our new house in the country, I was happy about finally getting out of our previous home that was haunted. Unfortunately, it wasn't even a week of being there before the activity started in our new house. I still remember the first event that started the whole thing. I was in the house alone while everyone else was outside. I had to run out and ask my mum something, so I went through the kitchen on my way to the back door. The faucet was not running when I went past it on my way out, but as soon as I came in, I found it running full blast. Not just the cold water had been turned on, but the hot one as well. This was an event that happened several times to everyone in the house. Not to mention the dishwasher would start itself in the middle of the night, which us kids were blamed for, of course. That is, of course, until it started right in front of my stepdad and I. He called a repairman to check it out, since it happened so frequently at first, but there was nothing wrong with the switch, and the repairman showed us that it was impossible for the thing to start itself. We, as a family, talked about these little events in general conversation from time to time, but there was another event that we were all experiencing that we didn't talk about, because it was the kind of thing that was questionable. I had been seeing what looked like someone walking past the windows of the house from the corner of my eye almost daily, but felt stupid saying something since I never saw it while I was looking at the window. And when I ran out to see who was there, of course there'd be no one. Since no one else had mentioned seeing this, I had the idea that perhaps I was the only one, until we'd been there around eight months. We were all sitting in the living room watching TV, when I saw someone go by one window. I looked over at the window, and there was nothing there. But just as I got my eye on the window, the figure went past the other window in the room. I immediately noticed, and my mum and stepdad looked over at the window at the same time. I knew right then that they had seen it too. So I asked them if they saw someone going past the window. They and my brother all said yes, and we sprinted out running to see who it was. There was no one. When we came back in, I opened up, and told everybody that I had been seeing the thing the whole time. At that point, everyone came out and said they'd been seeing it too, which gave me a huge feeling of relief. At least I wasn't crazy. 
We had all been seeing it regularly, but were too afraid to say anything for the same reason I didn't. The shadow people we were seeing in the corner of our eyes continued for several years, after we moved in, and then it just suddenly stopped out of the blue for a while. My mum told me later after I was out the house for a while, that she was occasionally seeing it again when I brought it up. It was just a, another one of those weird things that happened in the house, that we all eventually had to get used to. I lived with my parents and my two Staffordshire Bull Terriers and was enjoying the six week summer holiday from school. I got home one day at around 7pm and after a long day out with friends and playing football, I decided to get a snack from the fridge. My dad was at work, mum was in the living room with my two dogs who were asleep on their bed and all I could hear was the very faint sound of the TV through the two walls that separated the kitchen from the living room. Here's a brief description of the kitchen. We had a small space under the stairs that you could access from the kitchen, where we kept shoes, coats, and some other bits and pieces. The fridge was literally five steps away, and the space under the stairs would be on your left hand side when facing the fridge, and is nearly pitch black, as we had no light in there. I opened the fridge and had a quick browse of what was on offer to crave my hunger. When out of nowhere there was a deep, guttural growl from the space under the stairs. This growl lasted for about five seconds. I used to think that people exaggerated when they said that they froze in fear, but I literally couldn't move. My eyes opened wide and my hands started to shake. And after about 10 seconds of standing completely still, I slowly turned to look at the space as I knew that it had come from there. As I turned and looked at the space, there was nothing. All I could see was the darkness, but I had that feeling of something staring at me intently. The gut feeling screaming at me to run away and that I was in serious peril. I was certain that something was going to crawl out of the darkness and drag me into it. The worst part was that I had to walk past the space to get to the kitchen door. I slowly made my way to the door, and the feeling of danger and dread intensified with every step I took. I ran the last few, swung the door open, and bolted into the living room. My mum looked at me, and she saw how white I was and asked why I was shaking. She asked what was wrong, and I told her what happened. I also asked if the dogs had growled, or if there was anything on TV that could have made a noise like that. But my mum said she hadn't heard anything from the dogs or TV that could have been perceived as a growl. My mum grabbed a torch and headed to the kitchen. Sure enough, she came back and said there was nothing there and that it must have been my imagination. But I know what I heard, and I know that my gut feeling was not just my imagination. There was something under those stairs that seriously wanted to hurt or terrify me. I haven't had any other experiences like that since, and I always become nervous if I'm left in the kitchen alone. I'm 22 now, 
and still refused to go anywhere near this space under the stairs. My dad's house before it burnt down in late January of this year, was well known in my family for being haunted. We actually had people come over sometimes called ghost hunters and inspect the house. From what they found, and from personal experience, there were two children on the first floor, a boy and a girl around the ages of six to nine, a man and a woman upstairs assumed to be a husband and wife, and a man downstairs. The two children were shy, but they still liked to play. We mostly saw the boy, as he would peek around the corner of the kitchen when my mum was doing dishes, and then hide again when she looked over at him. He liked hide and seek. I would be alone in the house, and find all of the kitchen cabinet doors open very frequently. My mum told me that one time, when my dad had left for work, and I had just left for school, that I had left the TV on when I left, and that she heard a laugh coming from the living room. Thinking it was me, she looked into the room and saw nobody. My stepmom also mentioned that the dogs frequently barked at something at the top of the stairs, and that she would often see a woman standing on the top step. I have so many other experiences. It was certainly a scary place. I think there is something paranormal in my apartment. I moved in October 31st, 2018. Without the knowledge or knowing a previous tenant had died in the apartment. I'm a paramedic so I can deal with death a little differently than others. So when I found out from my downstairs neighbor, Gina, it didn't bother me. According to my neighbor, the tenant Katie was a younger female in her early 30s, who had reluctantly given birth to her first child. Gina said, Katie was a nice woman, but had history of drug abuse and had an abusive boyfriend who was also her drug dealer. Shortly after, Katie gave birth to her child, and she was found dead in the apartment from a heroin overdose while holding the baby. I did not ask specific details of where she was found, because that I didn't want to know. I work night shift, so I am usually sleeping during the day, unless it's the days off where I try to turn myself around and be a normal human being to interact with the world at daytime. For the past month and a half, I've been waking up between 3 and 3.30, and can't explain why. Sometimes I will have to use the bathroom, and other times I just wake up and am unable to go back to sleep. About a week ago, something eerie happened. I was asleep in my bed with my dog and cat, when I woke up to what sounded like a woman screaming bloody murder in my ear. It didn't jolt me awake or startle me. I was more confused than anything. Afterwards, I was unable to fall back asleep and just stayed awake until the afternoon 
because I worked that night. And when I looked at the time, I noticed it was 3.13am. I got home after work at around 8am. I laid down and had trouble sleeping because my downstairs neighbor Gina and her husband Robert were pulling up carpet and pounding on the walls with what I can only assume was a hammer for six hours. Because when I woke up at 2pm, they were still at it. I attempted to go to sleep around 10pm that night, but probably fell asleep at midnight. I woke up at 3.12am, annoyed not being able to fall back asleep, but something was off this night. I sleep with my door cracked open, so that the cat can come and go as it pleases. And I've never had an issue with it until this day. I felt as if someone was watching me in the hallway. I then rolled over and scrolled through Facebook for about an hour and a half and decided to go run a bath. I got out of the bath at 5am and walked into my bedroom when I heard a sound at the front of the apartment. I can't really describe the sound, but if anything, it sounded like a thud. I walked out of my room and into the front of the apartment and saw that the light cover to my kitchen light was hanging. I thought it was odd, but really didn't pay attention to it and put it back. I took my mum to breakfast that morning and decided to tell her what I had experienced. She knows about Katie's passing in the apartment and she has also experienced paranormal activity personally. My mum kind of shrugged it off and said I have difficulty sleeping due to working nights and that a light cover falling isn't a big deal. Respectfully, I agreed. And after breakfast, we went to the grocery store and I returned back to my apartment. And my brother came over to help bring up all the groceries because I live on the second floor and no one likes doing multiple trips to get groceries out the car. While I was finishing, my mum called me and asked where I was. When I told her I was still at my apartment, she asked if I was messing with her. Confused, I said no and asked why. At that point, my mum told me to hurry up and get to her apartment. When I arrived, my mum was in her bedroom looking visibly nervous. She was supposed to have come and inspected her sprinkler that day in her apartment, and so she had her bedroom door shut. She said that while she was laying in bed, someone knocked hardly on her door three times, causing the entire door to shake. After opening the door, she noticed no one was there. She said that she checked the entire apartment, and no one was in it, and that the front door was still locked. Trying to recreate the sound and shaking of the door, the only possible way was if someone knocked directly on her bedroom door with force. After leaving my mum's apartment, I went back to mine, and once I met the front door, I had an uneasy feeling. I can't explain why, but as soon as I got up to the door, it just felt like a negative energy. I went in, greeted my animals, and decided I was going to take a nap, due to barely getting any sleep the night before. 
I went into my bedroom, which is in the very back of the apartment, and went to lay down. My dog followed suit, and jumped on the bed and came to her spot. She sleeps in the same spot every time we go to bed, which is at the top of the bed right next to me. I noticed when she jumped on the bed, she was slow to get to her spot. What she did, she immediately looked up at the ceiling above my head, prompting me to look and see if there was a bug. There was nothing. My dog proceeded to look at the ceiling and look away for short periods of time. Approximately 20 minutes before, she refused to sleep in her spot and went to the end of the bed to lay down, still looking at the ceiling. I was unnerved, but somehow managed to fall asleep. When I woke up about an hour later, I was drenched in sweat, like you would have to be breaking a fever. I kept my apartment at 68 degrees Fahrenheit during the summer. I have a fan on me and sleep in light clothes. I usually get cold and do not wake up hot, so I thought this was odd. Later that night, I had a friend over and we were sitting on the couch watching movies. Let me explain the layout of the living room. When you walk through the front door, you're immediately met by a wall. If you look to the right, there is a closet. And if you look to the left, the living room is right there. I have a sliding glass back door that leads to the balcony, with the blinds that almost every apartment complex has. I have a large sectional couch, and the only way for it to fit is block that back door. At around 2.30am while watching a movie, horror of course, we heard two knocks directly behind our heads on the back door. We both looked at each other, and I said, there's no way that a person could be on my balcony. I opened the blinds within probably 15 seconds, and look out. Obviously no one's there. At this point, I'm getting creeped out. He ended up staying until sunrise at 6.30am, and then left. I didn't plan on going to sleep until it was daylight at this point. I had trouble sleeping during these days because all I could think about is what kind of spirit is in my home or is it something worse? I used a Ouija board when I was 14, so I have my own experience from that and it's not something I want to relive. One of my co-workers is very spiritual and cleanses her house weekly because she buys a lot of antique furniture, so she is the first person I contacted. She told me I needed to go get white sage, and that she would send me cleansing prayers, but that I needed to do it soon. I unfortunately worked all weekend, and this was Friday, so I could not go to do it immediately, so I stayed at my parents' house until I could. After work, I went to my apartment and was met with the negative energy again once I reached the door. I had to get my cat and dog because I was not letting them in there alone. It might be silly, but I didn't want to go in there and I'm not going to leave them there. The next day, I needed to go back and gather some clothes and sleep clothes 
so I convinced my brother and his girlfriend to go with me. My brother's skeptical about paranormal things, but his girlfriend, like I am, is a believer. I take it seriously to not provoke or enrage with a spirit, so I had chosen to ignore. Unfortunately, my brother did not get this memo, and as we were walking up to the door, my brother said, Maybe I'll believe it if it moves the blind or something. I told him not to taunt it, but he didn't listen. I grabbed what I needed and headed back down to the car. When I got to the driver's side door, something was telling me to look up at the balcony. And when I did, the blinds were moving back and forth. I looked over at my brother and his girlfriend and said, Do you believe me now? And the look on their faces confirmed that they saw the exact thing I did. I'm going to smudge the apartment, but I'm curious if anyone knows what type of spirit I might be dealing with. I haven't been hurt by anything, and everything that has happened to me has been subtle and not alarming. I'm moving out next month. I wasn't renewing my lease to begin with, so this has nothing to do with not staying there anymore. This all started happening mostly after Gina and Robert were remodeling their apartment. They recently just got back from a trip. And anyway, they saw me outside and said they would speak to me since they got a home a few weeks ago. And they don't talk to me and are acting strange since then. Gina is avid for being outside watering her garden. But I've noticed her garden is dying and I don't see her outside anymore. Robert's vehicle hasn't moved from its parking spot since they got back, and he usually leaves every day. Could there be something sinister going on here? I would be reading or playing with my toys. And as all young children do, I began to reminisce of recent events and conversations. Then, as I remembered something specific that was said, I would literally hear a spoken word or two whispered directly into my ear. It would shock me because I knew I was alone. But what used to scare me was the black shadow man who I would then notice standing there. The second my eyes tried to fixate on and rationalize what I was seeing, it would instantly disappear. He was always wearing a thin, brimmed hat. This all happened in South Florida. I never felt paralyzed, and every time I saw him, I was wide awake in broad daylight. I saw him when I was playing in the living room, and only at one particular house. It was unnerving. My family and I had just rented this beautiful historical house that was built around the Underground Railroad era. It had small hideouts and doors where slaves would hide in. And as soon as we moved it, we got uncomfortable vibes from it. We'd hear footsteps coming from the upstairs when everyone was downstairs. The TV would turn on and off by itself and doors would open and clothes by themselves. We eventually accepted the fact that we had a ghost, and it seemed harmless. So we called her Claudia. 
Each of my family members had at least seen Claudia once. She was a tall dark figure who could move fast. Most of the hauntings would come from my bedroom, and it was always cold and had an unpleasant smell. My little brother began sleepwalking and would have terrible nightmares. One night became the final straw for my family and our relationship with Claudia. My sister and I were away at a friend's house while my parents and brother were at home. The whole house was asleep when my dad woke up from screaming coming from my bedroom. When he ran out past the living room where my little brother liked to sleep because of his sleepwalking, he noticed that my brother wasn't there. So he ran upstairs where he met my older brother who had heard the screaming as well. And they saw that my bedroom door was shut and that my little brother was screaming in the room. They both went to open the door, but it was like something was blocking it. And when my dad could finally bust through the door, a black shadow ran right past him and my brother. He entered the room and it was freezing. He could even see his own breath. He looked over at my little brother who was laying on my bed covered in sweat and tears and started yelling his name to wake him up. But my little brother pointed still asleep at the corner of the room and started yelling, get her daddy, get her. My dad looked over but saw nothing but pitch black. That was enough for him. He quickly grabbed my brother who was stiff as a board and ran the hell out of there. When my brother woke up the next day, he had no recollection of what happened that night and still doesn't remember when he talked about it almost five years later. We moved out of that house a few weeks after the incident and my brother stopped sleepwalking as soon as we did. We've heard other stories from the people who currently own the house, but nothing quite as terrifying as what happened to my brother or dad. The house has a great history behind it, but it was just too creepy for my family. I am a very scientifically minded person, but some things have happened throughout my life that I cannot explain. First off, I'm going to call the road I live off Highway X for privacy reasons. I've lived there my entire life, 1998 to present. I like to describe where I live as the middle of nowhere surrounded by other people. Where I live used to be a Revolutionary War township. No battles happened here though. Nobody has died on my subdivision either. In the mid 20th century, the portion of Highway X I lived at used to be a Girl Scout camp. And in the early 90s, before my family moved here, our property was a cow pasture. We did have a teenage girl die in 2006, taking a sharp turn about a quarter of a mile from my house. In 2011, two miles away from my house, on one of the gravel roads branching off Highway X, a mother drove into a creek during high water, as there are no protective barriers there, and she and her children drowned. My mother is very religious, and when I ask questions about her experiences, she gets nervous and is reluctant to answer them. I'm going to tell these stories in chronological order. 
When I was a baby, my mum heard someone saying, Hi there. Hi. In a cooing kind of way over the baby monitor. She said she couldn't tell if the voice was male or female. She went to my dad who was on the computer and asked him if he was just in my room. He said no. Now, this could easily be debunked because baby monitors can pick up radio signals, but it was still strange. When I was a bit older, perhaps two or three, my mum said she was sitting on our front porch and saw a man with a wide brimmed hat and trench coat standing under the outdoor lights at our neighbor's house, just standing there doing nothing. She said she didn't think much of it, just thought, that's not Charlie. Charlie doesn't wear hats like that. And eventually went back inside because it was weirding her out. Fast forward 10 years, and she said her best friend's husband was casually telling a story about how his dad was haunted by a man that fit the exact same description. Not knowing anything about my mum's story. The man didn't leave his dad alone until his dad said, get out of my house. My mum's best friend freaked out when she went that when she was little, she saw a man exactly like that pass a window at her grandma's house. And then my mum freaked out and told her story. My mum told me this. So I consulted my best friend Google. And apparently it's something a lot of people see. Around the same time, she saw the man in the hat. My dad heard someone knock three times at our door. It was nighttime, and my dad looked out the window to see no one there. My mum grew up hearing stories from my grandma, a nurse, who always told stories about people at her job hearing three knocks on the door, opening it, and then dying soon after. So of course, my mum freaks out and tells her not to open the door. When I was about 12, I started getting hypoangonic hallucinations. When I'd close my eyes, I would see vivid, disturbing images, oftentimes of people being hanged or covered in blood. It was terrifying, gory stuff. And I hadn't seen my first horror film until I was 16. So of course, it really bothered me. And I wasn't inspired by anything I'd seen on television. It stopped happening once I moved into my dorm. But when I do get this, it's only at my house. When I was 13, we had a light switch in the basement that could dim when you press it. I had a sleepover in the basement with my friends, and we were talking about boys or whatever 13 year old girls talk about. And suddenly, the lights started dimming and brightening repeatedly. We of course freaked out. And then it stopped and never did it again the entire time we had that lighting set up. One night when I was 15, my ex-boyfriend and I were driving down Highway X, and both complained about feeling like something was wrong. This was about two miles from my house, and then we saw what looked like a cloaked figure fly over our car. It looked like the Grim Reaper. We both saw it, and we both screamed in unison. I told my dad, and he said that when he feels like something bad is about to happen, he's usually right, and I shouldn't deny that feeling. Two years later, 
I walk past the hallway entrance and I hear, Hi, right in my ear, loud and clear. I shrieked and I sprinted to my mum and asked her if the TV was on in her room. And she said no. She was right. A few months ago, I walked into the living room and saw my mum's recliner was empty. And I remember thinking, wow, my mum must have went to bed already. And she didn't even tell me. The next morning, my mum asked me if she talked to me after she left for bed. I told her no, and that I remember thinking it was odd that she didn't even say goodnight. She said she woke up after falling asleep in the recliner and saying, I'm going to bed. And she heard a voice behind her that didn't exactly sound like me say, Oh, you're going to bed? She also said our next door neighbour had something in her house, but didn't elaborate and didn't give me a time frame or anything. When she told me this, I already asked enough questions about weird stuff going on around Highway X, and she's not comfortable talking about the paranormal too much, because she's afraid it'll invite spirits. This started one year ago, around the beginning of September 2017. I would occasionally wake up in the middle of the night to strange noises coming from the hallway and seeing strange shadows walk past my open door. As the months went by, they got worse and worse until it happened. September 2018. I was lying on my bed, tossing and turning, trying to sleep with the worst paranoia I've ever experienced. After hours of attempting to fall asleep with no result, I finally decided to go into my mum's room. I slowly climbed out of my bed and grabbed my flashlight, clicked it on and began slowly walking out of the room, flicking my head back and forth, scanning my surroundings. It seemed to suffocate me. I walked through my kitchen to get to my mum's room, where the clock read 2.15am. I walked straight into my mum's room, just to see my two little sisters already hanging up the bed. Now I know that I'm 14, but sometimes being scared makes you feel vulnerable. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the lamp illuminating my sister's room, and made my decision. I went to Aliyah's and Olivia's room, and jumped in the bed, keeping the lamp on. I hugged the wall and finally managed to obtain slumber. Next thing I remember, I was sitting up in bed, staring at the black abyss beyond the open door. I slowly whispered three times, I see you. And after the last syllable left my mouth, I noticed a little glass circle in the palm of my hand. It was all fogged out except one little clear circle. I looked through the hole in the glass, and what I saw burned an image in my mind which I'll never forget. A young boy was standing in the doorway staring at me. He was dressed in an old pioneering outfit with a top hat, his hair long, shaggy and black, his long face pale white. In fact, everything on him was black or white. Everything but his eyes, they were yellow. I immediately put the glass down, and as I did it, it was like he teleported, 
because the next thing I knew he was crouched right in front of my face, and pulled the biggest smile. His teeth, the same colour as his eyes. I burst awake, eyes wide open, facing the ceiling. I tried to get out of bed, but couldn't. I was terrified. My ears were ringing to the point where I couldn't hear anything else. It was so loud, yet so quiet. I felt pressure on my chest, like someone was pushing really hard. But that wasn't the worst part. The boy from my dream was standing in my doorway, staring at me. He wasn't even moving. It was enough for me to panic myself into oblivion. I tried to get out of there ASAP, but nothing worked. After what felt like an eternity, everything snapped back into place. No more boy, no more ringing, no more tension. I could move again. After that experience, I immediately noped right into my mum's bed between the kids already there, and finally fell asleep at 3.15am. When I was 15, my family went for a trip to a hill station named Shimla in India. We booked a suite in a hotel in which the master bedroom had a glass platform of about 8 by 8 sticking about 2 feet outside the room over the valleys, which were hundreds of feet below us. Being an adventurous kid, I slept on that platform the one that overlooked the hills and valleys. My dad slept on a bed, and my mother and sister in the other bedroom. It was around 1.30 at night. I was sleeping on my side facing the glass, which was around three inches from my face, and suddenly I opened my eyes to see a woman looking at me intently from the other side. I still remember her face was totally pale, her eyes dark, with black hair and a type of dark cloth on the body. I can only explain her gaze as of a lion before it jumps to kill its prey. It took me three to four seconds to realise where I was, and that this is not some human looking through a window, but some entity floating outside my room. I shouted as loud as I could, and pushed myself back so hard from the glass, I ended up hitting the other end of the room by force. My dad woke up, turned all the lights on, but there was no one to be seen. That was the last time I ever slept with my window shades open in life. It's been eight years since, but the incident, and those terrifying eyes, I will never forget. My grandpa told me this story about his mum. They were both extremely down-to-earth, honest people. So this is the only supernatural story that I fully believe. His mum had a display case full of china and silverware. If you've never seen something like this, imagine a bunch of glass cupboard-style doors made of glass. You couldn't touch any of the contents without opening the door. Also, it's a display case, which means that no one ever opens it, unless they're bored of the display. So she's walking by this in her living room, and as soon as she just passes it, one of her favourite spoons crashes to the floor. My grandma described it much more than a fall, 
it was as if someone had thrown it to the ground with force. Shivers went down her spine. She quickly jumps around and sees what she expected. A spoon about 10 feet from the display case. She didn't know what else to do. So she opened one of the doors and put the spoon back where it belongs. When she shut the door, she gets a call and answers it to find out her brother had passed away. The craziest part to me is that a year after I heard this story, my close friend told me an almost identical story, save with a fork. I do not and have never believed in anything supernatural, but I fully believe this and have spent a lot of time thinking about how this is possible. I don't fully believe it yet, but my best explanation for this is that our souls don't die, and that they are always a part of our life somehow. I live in this ranch style house. My bedroom is at the back of the house and has a single picture window that looks out onto the backyard. The window itself is probably seven to eight feet off the ground because the entrance to the crawl space was directly below the window. Also, there's this tree in the backyard that's involved. It's 20 feet from my bedroom window. I don't know what kind of tree it is, but it's an evergreen tree and the bark can be pulled off in stringy bits. I'm around five foot six tall. And if I'm standing at the base of the tree, the branches closest to the ground would still be over my head. So these branches that were closest to the ground were at least six inches off the ground. It happened in 1998, sometime in late August or early September. It was after school started. I was a sophomore in high school at the time. And I remember it was on a Sunday. My mum dragged me to church that morning. My friend and I had started talking about religion. It was nothing specific about religion, but we were talking about it in general. After church, my mum and I went out to eat lunch. When I got home, my friend called. We continued our conversation, and I took the cordless phone to my bedroom, and I was pacing back and forth while speaking to them. I'd take a few steps towards the window, turn, take a few steps towards the opposite wall and repeat. At one point, I walked down towards the opposite wall, turned to face the window. And that's when I saw this shadow that looked like a person from the neck up. I quickly tried to find something that could have cast a shadow of that shape, but couldn't. Then I realized the shadow had a 3D quality to it. And I audibly said, Oh, God, I suppose it realized I could see it, and it appeared to drop. I ran towards the window in time to see it run across the backyard to the tree. It started to climb the tree. It got to the lowest branches and it stopped. It stopped climbing and looked at me to see if I was watching it. While it was looking at me, it grabbed a few of the branches. It held the branches for a bit and then started climbing again as it vanished. My friend heard me say, Oh my God, and asked me what was happening. I told him what I'd seen. And he told me to start thinking of God because according to him, what I had just seen was a demon. A few days later, I go back out into my backyard for another reason. 
I look at the tree, and it reminded me of what happened. I went over to the tree, and that's when I noticed that the couple of branches this thing had grabbed and was held onto were dead. I could tell these branches specifically were dead because all the needles on these two branches were brown while all the other needles on the tree were green. A few days after that, all the needles from just those two branches had fallen to the ground and were laying in a pile. Several years later, while working the graveyard shift as a security guard, I gathered up the courage to call this famous late night radio talk show and told my story. The host asked me if the eyes were glowing red. I told him no, because this thing's eyes weren't glowing at all. He said that in his experience, if the eyes were glowing red, it was a demon. Otherwise, it was something else. When I was in high school, the days before cell phones were common, my friends were to come over to pick me up from my house one night. We had made plans at school for them to pick me up at 7pm. At 6, my parents had said to come with them to do something, and I totally forgot to call my friends to tell them. They came to my house at 7, and called the house phone with no answer. There were four of them in the car, and they all told us the exact same story. They said that they were about to pull out of my driveway, but they saw someone peek through the blinds from the bedroom on the top right. That was my room, so they assumed I was messing around. Five more times, they said that someone would peek through the blinds, and a few times they even saw the person's eyes. We got home at 7.10 to 7.15, and they were still on our driveway. One of my friends came over and said they thought that I was messing with them. They then asked me, so who's staying in your room? I told them no one. So, who's home in your house right now? No one. Their stone-cold faces told me that they had seen something. At first, we all thought there was a burglar, so we called the cops. They came and inspected the house. There were zero signs of a breaking. Nothing was touched, nothing was stolen, and our house had an alarm on it. So there's no way someone could have come into the house without setting it off. My friends, my family, and the cops all kind of stood around for a few minutes, trying to make sense of the situation. My friends swore up and down, and still do, that they couldn't have imagined what they saw. All four of them saw the same things, and it wasn't a particularly dark night, so their eyes couldn't have been playing tricks on them. To this day, none of us can make sense of that situation. This happened about seven years ago. I was 16 years old at the time, and was home alone with only my younger sister Nadine, who was nine at the time. Our only parent was my mum. She worked a full graveyard shift from 10 to 7, and we had easily become accustomed to it, because we would usually be a sleeper at school when she was working. Every night was the same. Get home from school, homework, 
shower, say bye to mum, and sleep. Often me and my sister would stay up late despite my mum's orders, but nothing crazy ever happened. We lived in an upstairs two-bedroom apartment. At night, me and Nadine would barricade ourselves in our mother's room, lock the door and sleep. We were always too scared to sleep in separate rooms. Our mother had the key to every door in the apartment, and this specific night, me and Nadine were in the living room watching yet another Family Guy episode. It was getting late, close to midnight, and we definitely had school the next day. As we were preparing for bed, someone knocked on the front door of the apartment. Now, this apartment complex had two doors, one metal door on the outside, and then the door made of wood which was technically inside. Therefore, one would need to unlock two doors before they could get it. I looked at Nadine. Is mum home early? I put my ear to the door, and then they knocked again. Who is it? I said through the door, and there was no response. I ordered Nadine to call mum, but there was no answer. I looked through the peephole and couldn't see anything. It was dark, and whoever it was wasn't tall enough to even see a silhouette. Nadine went to unlock the door, but I yelled at her to stop. My mum always told me she would call for an emergency, and she has the keys to the apartment and she would have no reason to knock. Before I could come up with a plan, whoever was on the other side of the door began pounding on it as they were no longer knocking. It sounded like they were banging with a closed fist. As if on cue, Nadine and I ran into my mother's room and locked the door. She began to cry, and I tried to console her but was too scared. I waited a few moments in hopes that they would go away or my mum would call and yell at us to open the door. Two minutes passed, and my mum called us back. She saw that we called her, and took a break as soon as she could call us back. I told her about the knocking, and she urged us not to exaggerate. Whoever it was was gone now, and we were okay. She blamed it on perhaps a lone drunk, or someone looking for trouble. But regardless, to not open the door and told us to go to bed. I'd been tossing and turning. It had been about an hour since the first knocking, when suddenly it started up again. Nadine and I shot up. The knocking was now at our bedroom door, and there were no lights on in the apartment, which spooked me further. Who's in our home? I called my mum, and she answered on the first ring. They're knocking at the bedroom door. I was in tears, beyond scared. Nadine had hidden in the closet. While my mum was on the phone, they pounded on the door again, and I extended my arm out with the phone in hand so that she could hear. The pounding was so intense, I felt at any moment how they would break the lock on our door and rush in. She called 911 and came home that night. When she reached the front door, both doors were locked, the officers searched the home for any signs of entry, which wasn't likely since we were on the upstairs level. Nothing was ever found. Nadine and I still talk about this stuff sometimes, because if it hadn't have happened to both of us, I don't think either of us would have believed each other.
I lived previously in a small two-story house with an unfinished basement along a main road. It was a nice brick house with around 0.8 acres in the backyard. The house was built in the mid 40s to 50s and is roughly 60 years old. The past owners of the house died inside it. And what my parents heard from the neighbors is that the husband was part of a cult. But me and my brother experienced a few strange things in the house. The first one was when the basement door slammed like someone was very angry at something and it awoke my parents. The second one when I was trying to get some sleep as I had a hard time getting to sleep when I was younger. The hallway light flickered on and off and then my door creaked open. The third experience was when I was trying to get to sleep, but instead of the door slowly creaking open, it slammed open. And there behind it was a black figure with glowing red eyes, like a ball of pure hatred and evil. Me and my brother have had many experiences with this demon and ran into it on a regular basis. But the one experience that stands out from the rest is when me and my brother were watching TV in the basement and had a tent set up. Now at the time we had fixed any air leaks in the basement and had no AC down there. But after a while I felt like someone was slapping the small tent me and my brother were in. So I checked it out and saw nothing and went back to watching TV. Now a while later, the TV signal began to falter. It was like someone was taking this TV signal away from us. But then it suddenly turned black. Not off, black. I tried turning it on and off and even unplugged and plugged it back in. I even took the TV out of its place on the entertainment system, but it remained black. Then at some point, I set it back in its place and went around to get my parents. But the basement was locked and it only locked from the basement side of the door. I went back down and that's when it happened. All of the lights were off. My flashlight, the ceiling lights, everything. Then the lights went on and then off again. But in that brief flash of light, I saw the dark figure. I shined my flashlight in the direction I saw him last and there he was. He stepped towards me and made a full sprint towards the back room, which was still unfinished. I turned the TV off, booked it for the door and me and my brother ran to our beds. In the house we live in now, I've only seen the black figure a few times. In my window in the property surrounding my house and by the cemetery. That may have been short experiences, but they have nevertheless been very creepy. So my family has always had something around in every house we lived in. So this house, the one we're currently in, has had some strange occurrences. Our beds would shake like a mini earthquake. My dad said he saw a predator camouflage outline in the trees watching us while checking what my dog was barking at. And we've had them choke us in the night. 
My sister used to crash in our living room when visiting from school. At this time I was unemployed and staying up until 4am every night playing video games. One night, I heard a loud gurgling. So I went to check it out with my dog and my sister had tears in her eyes. She looked at me and points at the light. So I flick the switch and she sits up gasping for air. I ask her what was wrong and she didn't say a thing. She finally asked if she could use my bed and I let her solely for being able to use the larger living room TV for myself. A few months later, I took a nap on the same couch at around seven, but woke up 15 minutes later to see two large glowing circles, eyes, red around the edges, yellow in the middle and staring at me. I feel something pull me to the armrest, not fully being enough to realize I'm in some serious unexplainable stuff and could not speak, let alone scream for help. My right arm was slightly lifted, like it was putting me in a goddamn supernatural sleeper hold. But I had my phone in my left pocket and dialed my sister's number. I hear her voice and I start flicking the phone, tapping it until I see the hallway light turn on. She runs over and sees me tearing up and screams, stop at the top of her lungs. And I could finally breathe. We haven't slept in that room since, but I'm still interested in knowing what it was and why it was choking us.